we sit and enjoy in the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you why the day is sunny. I'm in love with lips of honey. Will you see? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design and the District of Dinah. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. Tonight, we are talking woodwork and design. My guest is Roger Zierman, incoming president or president-elect of the American Society of Interior Designers and representative for Minnesota-based Plato Woodwork. Roger, welcome to the program. Thank you. Excited to have you, Mr. President. I hope that uh, that we live up to expectations. So far, so good. And uh, we were just saying, Roger is going to rule this organization with an iron fist. <laughs> right. No mercy. <laughs> <laughs> no mercy whatsoever. All right. So a little bit of background on Drink in the Style. Uh, generally speaking, I am uh, discouraged from doing live radio. I mean, which I personally think is pure free, and I have no idea why. Uh, so I generally record these, uh, these programs a bit in advance. And as it happens today, recording day is one of the holiest occasions on the Drink in the Style calendar. It is St. Patrick's Day 2022. And because of this, we have a special guest coctologist. All the way from, well, technically what? Eden Prairie? South Minneapolis. South Minneapolis. (laughs) We have none other than that charming Irish bastard, Adam McIntyre Barnes. McIntyre, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a joy to have you, my friend. Tell everyone where exactly from in Ireland you are from. Um, I'm from a little town called Bambridge in the north of Ireland. So kind of it's between the border of north and south. Okay. So, so you are, are you the first line if, if the south invades? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're outside Castle Slane, you said once, uh, correct? Not far from it. It's probably about... Probably about 30 minutes away, so. All right. Which is a good whiskey. It a is good a good castle one. and a good whiskey. Uh, Slane is my go-to go-to whiskey, and, and I think uh, you introduced me to it at one point. It's good stuff. Agreed. Completely agreed. And how is everything else going in Ireland? The leprechauns faring well? They're behaving themselves, which is, that is, that is most important. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. So, for a cocktail, we are going to be doing a twist on an old standard, correct? Yes. So it is a, the one is a godfather when it's made with scotch. Mm-hmm. However, because it's St. Patrick's Day, we're going to make it with some red locks Irish whiskey. And we're going to call it an Uncle Kenny, who is actually my godfather in Ireland, because we didn't know how to uh, pronounce it in Gaelic. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're having an Uncle Kenny. We are. All right. Sounds like something out of South Park. It really does, actually. All right. Johnson, let's hit some mixing music. And uh, McIntyre, if you'd be kind enough to walk us through. All right, we're going to put some ice in here. And we've got some Irish whiskey. This one's a red lox, so we're going to do two-thirds whiskey and one-third amaretto. All right, so yes, once again, Scott, uh, the godfather, traditionally three parts scotch, one part amaretto, and we are dropping in Irish whiskey and amaretto this time. And a healthy amount of Irish whiskey, you know. You are an Irish. It's not an exact science here. It's... Yeah, we're making nice progress on that bottle already. Yeah, that's cool. 
really cool. All right, so three parts in and then the amaretto. This was like a really big after-dinner drink in the 70s, um, which uh, my dad introduced me to back when I was a young man. And traditionally, I have to point out that it's made uh, or garnished with a filbert, but a filbert is a difficult nut to find sometimes. It's a tough nut to crack. I beat you to the dad humor, <laughs> Roger. Dang it. <laughs> All right, so you've entered this, sir. So you've uh, you put this into our yari, or mixing container. Yes. And now you are straining it over a glass full of ice. Beautiful. And we're going to spritz it with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so in the absence of the filbert, the filbert imparts a little bit of nice oil for a mouthfeel, but more important than that, a little saltiness. So we brought the salt atomizer. And folks, if you guys don't have a salt atomizer that you can get at just Total Wine or really anywhere, you have to because adding just a spritz of salt makes every cocktail even better. All right. So there it is. We have created the Uncle Kenny. And this has never been tasted before, to my knowledge. So it could be horrible. Let's give it a try. Johnson swallowing music. No, it works really well. Very good. Yeah, I miss I miss a little bit of the peat that yep. uh, that you get in the scotch that adds a layer to it. But this is actually it's smoother. It's it's almost creamyish. Agreed. I like it. Agreed. Wonderful. All right. I like this. I think this one may stick around in the. Uh, Drink in the style repertoire. Oh, and by the way, folks, did I tell you that the uh, Drink in the Style cocktail compendium is being reissued Excellent. in just a few weeks? Drink in the Style cocktail compendium, 13 of our favorite drinks from the program uh, with directions, images, and a really cool cover. Very proud of it. And since it's a reissue, we're calling it Drink in the Style Reloaded. And you had to call it a <laughs> compendium, right? Of course I did. Of course I did. Any opportunity to use multiple syllables, and I'm down. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, 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 start with uh, usually our random question, but in this case, not quite random. Roger, we're going with a little bit of a UK theme, obviously, this evening. Mm -hmm. um, and as it happens, I happen to know that you studied in London for a while, did you not? Well, I did a work abroad program right okay. after college and moved from Fargo to London, which was a little bit of culture shock. <laughs> How do you say you betcha with an, with an English accent? Did <laughs> right. you manage to figure that one out? Uh, no. Still working on that one. <laughs> Nevertheless, you took to it like a duck to water, no doubt. You found yourself working in a pub. Right. right. Tell me, what is the single most important thing that you learned while you were slinging ale? Um, I had a regular, Andy Robertson, actually. I still remember his name. And he sat in the same spot every day, always ordered top-shelf vodka. One day I accidentally made his vodka tonic with house vodka. Okay. And he took one sip, spit it out. And he was nice about it. But he, he told me, he says, don't ever have the good stuff because you can never go back. Absolutely true. That is important wisdom. I actually, I gave similar advice once to my nephew. He called me after getting out of law school, and he was going out on a date, and he asked me for advice about wine. You know the story. And I said, Alex, I will give you the best advice you'll ever get about wine. Drink it. <laughs> the, that's all there is to it. If you develop a palate, if you develop a, a taste for wine, and you can sense it, and you do this before you're 50 years old, the only thing this can do 
is rob you of, of, of money that you could be using for other things and destroy your ability to just sit down and smile when somebody brings you a bottle of whatever. So we're kindred spirits, this guy and I. Yep. I think it's outstanding. Biggest problem, however, is that now I'm over 50 and I have to develop a wine taste. <laughs> I don't know if I can because I think I burned my taste buds away. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're talking with Roger uh, from uh, Plato Woodwork. Stick around, folks. You're going to enjoy this. Thanks, And on this farm there was a chick, the prettiest chick I know. With a little curve here and a little curve there, this chick she had curves everywhere. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And oh, this chick she had a walk, E-I-E-I-O. And how this walk would drive them wild, swinging to and fro. With a little wiggle here and a little wiggle there Man, this chick had wiggles to spare Old MacDonald oh, had it's, I don't know how this song is not better known Frank Sinatra covering an eternal classic of Old MacDonald Yeah, supposedly, supposedly That song, was that recording was the result of a bet at a bar the night before That, uh, that he could make even Old MacDonald sound good and they went home, wrote it, and recorded it the very next day. Rumors, it could possibly be. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Drink in the Style <laughs> and an insane amount of obscure knowledge that is of no use to anyone uh, whatsoever. I am your host, Gregory Rich, and my guest is president-elect of the American Society of Interior Designers and cabinetry and woodworking expert, Roger Zierman. Thank Roger. you. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's start out. Let's start out easy. Introduce Plato Woodwork. Uh, well, I'm a territory rep for Plato Woodwork. We are um, a high-end um, cabinet company based. Our factory is about an hour west of Minneapolis, uh, in the small town of Plato, Minnesota, population 300. Mm -hmm. um, and we employ about probably about 160 of those fine folk. My God! So you you literally you're a factory town. We are. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and we go back to 1893, and it's always been run by the Pinsky family. Uh, we're in generation number five, which is kind of unheard of. It's crazy. Uh, and then generation six, uh, Mitch Pinsky has joined the company now. Um, he's just graduated from college, and uh, he will be, you know, running the company at the appropriate time as well. That is amazing. You know, the furniture business. I just got back from the uh, Home Furniture Association conference in Nashville, Tennessee. And one of the interesting things about the furniture business is that it is also generally multi-generational. I mean, there are a strange number of people whose fathers and grandfathers were in the furniture business. Part of the reason that, quite honestly, if I may say so, it's a little behind the times in a lot of ways. doesn't really embrace technology and things like that. Yet you guys have managed to be a generational, multi-generational company, and yet you are still innovating and driving and coming up with new stuff, which is... Thank you. We pride on ourselves on staying ahead of trends. You know, we have a team um, in our in our office that is devoted to staying on top of what's happening in the furniture industry, which you just mentioned, mm -hmm. um, and watching what's happening both on the coasts here and in Europe to make sure that we are coming out with things ahead of 
of it. And uh, generally, we try to be the ones that are copied, not the ones that are copying. It's the place you want to be. Right. Generally speaking, without doubt. I mean, yeah, early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. It's a hard decision to make. But really, if you are innovating and if you want to prosper long term, you cannot be a Me Too company. You have to, pro- you have to, to, to grow and right. lead. Right. And clearly, we've, we've got a long history of doing that. Um, and uh, some of the latest things that we've come out with, uh, we're seeing a lot of things hearkening, you know, what's old is new again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of these rounded edges and, and softer sides and softer shapes uh, that probably harken back to the 80s and some of the late 70s. It was a so matter of time. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- we're seeing some of that come back. Reeded doors, caning indoors. Really? Um, right. And, and our fastest growing product area would be our frameless cabinetry. Okay. Um, um, and I don't know, you know, frameless versus frame. Some people are a little confused about the difference. Yeah. What, I, quite honestly, I, I'm a little bit confused. I mean, you've got box cabinets. You've got frame, not framed. You've got... Well, cabinetry 101, Roger. Right. Here I sit. Um, well, a traditional cabinet, um, as you know, our grandparents would have known it, um, has a face frame structural part to the cabinet. So it's a frame that the door attaches to uh, and either sits inside of or covers. Um, but the Europeans were on the, on the front edge of eliminating that for some cleaner lines and easier access to the full interior of the cabinet. Uh, and so now a lot of American companies have also jumped on that bandwagon and and embraced that um, structure of a cabinet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically there is no uh, front face frame to the cabinet. Um, and what that does is it allows you full width access to the storage inside the cabinet instead of having a face frame that somewhat hinders um, that, that access. Interesting. Also cleaner lines, okay. you know, less ridges and things, less details, less lines to look at. Mm-hmm. Lends itself to more contemporary, but not exclusively. Okay. And what types of, uh, of finishes are you seeing becoming popular, aside from the caning? Um, right. <laughs> uh, we have uh, like a powder glaze that has some powdering that catches in the, in the grains of the wood mm-hmm. on some paints and stains. That's been very popular lately. Uh, a, we're getting a little bit further away from grays, and we see more browns and beiges coming back into fashion, uh, which is refreshing. I don't know if you've browsed real estate listings lately, but I've seen one too many flipped gray houses. It is true. It's one of the downsides of the internet age. Seriously, we now move in lockstep in massive numbers because we all see what, you know, what, what you're supposed to be doing as opposed to letting things kind of filter through and be considered. So it's this massive cycle. Right. I have this theory on, okay, clothing. Do I have time? Yes. Okay, sorry. Do you mind if I talk about clothing for a sure. second? So clothing. We have been wearing basically the same clothes for the past 60 years, 70 years. I mean, it's it's slight differentiations. Your, your collar may button down. It may not button down. Other than that, frankly, most of us could be transported back to 1980 and we would look just fine. And part of the reason I think for that is that everyone knows, because of TV and what have you, exactly what you are or are not supposed to be wearing. Whereas... 80, 90 years ago, some guy would decide, hey, I think it'd be fun to stick a feather in my cap and walk around town. And somebody would say, hey, love that feather look. Is that the latest in New York? Yeah, sure it is. And before you know, a trend would catch on before anyone realized how silly you looked. Or men in wigs. Or men in wigs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do you agree? I mean, I think it makes total sense. 
Yeah, it doesn't change much. No, no, it's insane. Okay, sorry. Sidetrack. Uh, <laughs> what can I do? Cabinets to wigs. Cabinets to wigs. We cover it all on Drink in the Style. An educational program. AM 950 actually gets educational credit from the government for oh, this yeah, show. Yeah, we do, yes. Bill's <laughs> our FCC requirement. Public exactly. service. So now Plato also does general woodwork as well, correct? True. And um, historically, so when we started um, in 1893, we built buildings. Um, I, I believe the first building we built was a barn. Um, and then churches and various various other structures. And it sort of got filtered through. I think certain siblings took different branches of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we are now the cabinetry portion of that. Um, uh, and we do cabinetry for all sorts of um, buildings, whether it's you know residential or commercial. Uh, there is a there was a, uh, a roll top desk factory in a small town near us that had a fire, and um, rather than rebuild, they farmed it out to us. So you'll see roll top desks going through our assembly line fairly often. Really, which is somewhat interesting. Who knew that that many people still want roll top desks? Yeah, it's kind of my question. Right? I mean, how do you put your computer monitor in a roll top desk? I mean, do you calculate how much space you need for that, or are you just going with the traditional? Dimensions. I don't know why, but I have a feeling these aren't people that are using computer monitors. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have enough space for the quill? That's the question. Nice. The, the special quill drawer. Um, and Carl, so speaking of the building, sorry, um, Carl, our current president, uh, when he built his, his house uh, probably 10 years ago or so, he researched what properties had buildings his ancestors had built. Uh, and purchased those buildings, dismantled them, and then used the building materials to build the house. So you can walk into his house and he can say, that column over there, that came from you know Johnson's barn over yonder, and those beams over there came from the Lutheran church in such and such town. That is so cool. Right. That is so cool. Anything that has a general history to it, whenever you can talk about you know the background of... Uh, of- something in construction or a piece right it just adds depth to it fabulous all right uh we should take another break here and uh and run an ad or two but when we come back we're going to continue talking about uh woodworking and uh design Saturdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950 in Minneapolis. And you can pick it up on iTunes and Theytunes and SheTunes and Spotify Tunes and all your other favorite podcast uh, uh, platforms. We appreciate your being here and listening with us. And if you're not enjoying the show, all questions and complaints can be directed to Brett Johnson right here at AM 950 Radio. That they can, Yes, he answers everything personally within at least 365 days. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. With some personal insults if I don't like the feedback. <laughs> That's why we love you. All right. Roger, we're talking, we talked a little bit about trends uh, that, that we're seeing, some different shapes, some different colors and things like that. What, what else are you seeing uh, moving forward? Well, just kitchens in general. We're seeing a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, people... 
want to be able to see on their phone, you know, what's in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, is the temperature being regulated pro- properly? Can I turn the oven on from my phone mm-hmm. so you can leave in the morning and have the food ready to go? Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of advancements in uh, technology with appliances. Um, even in cabinets, we're seeing a lot of moving things. Um, whether it's someone who has some uh, mobility issues, and we have cabinets that are motorized that can lower things to their height, um, things wow. that open by bumping them. Um, there's a lot of options out there now uh, to help people live in their kitchen and really use it. That's amazing, actually. What about my personal pet peeve? Lighting inside cabinets. You open your refrigerator, there's a light that always goes on. Why isn't there a light in the cabinet? We can light any cabinet that you have. Have Now, typically, the the hindrance is cost. Mm -hmm. Because it can be a little pricey. Mm -hmm. Always the case. But, of course, you are a higher-end manufacturer of cabinets, correct? And by the way, let me ask you that. I mean, how can you tell the difference truly between a mid-level and an upper-level cabinet? What what are the key things that you should look for? Um, some of the things might be finish, quality of finish. Um, also, look at the drawers. I mean, when you open and close the drawers, not only to how do they feel in the opening and closing process, but check out the finish of the drawer. I mean, a lot of companies out there don't don't sand the drawers, uh, don't finish the drawers. So even though they might be dovetail constructed, they don't have that quality finish on them. Mm-hmm. Um, our drawers have a thicker bottom than industry standard, so they're sturdier and uh, not as tinny sounding. Mm-hmm. So really, it's attention to details, right? which is key. Construction, the weight, the feel. This, that type. Another thing that I've often heard is important. People don't talk enough to installation people about cabinets. We get our highest compliments from installers. Um, aside from the fact that our cabinets are heavy to unload from a truck, they don't like that. <laughs> That's why my delivery people hate us, too. Right? Everything we sell is really heavy. Um, but when it comes to installing the cabinets, uh, they're a beefier construction, so they're less likely to be racked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they require less adjustment during the installation process. The doors and drawers require less adjustment. Um, so we've, we've had companies... Um, you get rid of other brands that they carry and go with us because their installers take less time, which is then less expensive. Mm-hmm. So even though we're more expensive. Mm-hmm. You actually can save on – that's a really good point too. Uh, right. People don't pay attention to the actual – it's like you know buying a car. It's not what you pay for a car. It's what you can sell the car for and the difference in between the two. So if you're saving on installation by choosing better materials and a better line, then it pays off. Right. That's fabulous. All right. Well, and now you also do a lot of, as we were we were touching on a little bit, but you do a lot of custom work, woodwork. We do. Uh, basically, if I mean, if you see a picture of something on Pinterest that someone came up with, we'll try and figure out how to make it. Um, uh, wood species, materials, finishes. Uh, we have we have dealers that also deal in high end furniture, and they'll send us samples from their furniture brands and say, "Can you match this for a cabinet?" Really? Um, and nine times out of ten, you know, we get it right. Uh, and then um, uh, we had someone do uh, – they had hickory trees that they had harvested on their property. And they wanted every aspect of the cabinets they could see to be of that hickory. So we lined the interiors. We made the drawer boxes. We had the exteriors all made out of that hickory tree or grove that they had harvested off their property. Oh Not something God. that a lot of cabinet makers are able to do. No, that's fantastic. So he shipped those trees to you. He managed mm-hmm. to get the actual trees shipped, and then you milled it all right there. Right. That's incredible. 
That's incredible. Is that online somewhere? I'd be curious to see what something mm, like I that don't, looks like. I don't know. If, you know, we're a little hesitant to put that visual out there because someone's going to say, I want that exact thing. <laughs> You're right. And he just had you do something custom <laughs> right. and unique. Right. What other woods are, are trending right now in cabinetry? Um, we're seeing a lot of plain sliced white oak, which is really hearkening back again to something from the past. <laughs> okay. Um, and a lot of walnut, um, which has been a bit difficult. Walnut had a bad harvest last year and the demand is up. So that, you know, is not a necessarily great combination, but walnut's very popular. Um, I would say behind that might be things like some hickory. Mm-hmm. Traditionally. Yep. And uh, so it's funny. So uh, walnut, I love walnut. I mean, it's totally cool. And it gener- and it, and it vibes with kind of the mid-century thing that you and I both love. But um, the white oak, it's just, I can't lie, this troubles me a little bit. Are you seeing this painted a lot? I know that was a bit of a trend. We're seeing a lot of where, where you take the wood and then you uh, age it. Basically, you highlight the grain by scraping it mm-hmm. um, and then paint it. So you're really highlighting that grain mm-hmm. through the paint. But there's also some cool finishes. We're doing some new ultra-flat um, stains and, and paints, mm-hmm. uh, which have a very soft touch to them. Um, on that grain, it can be really cool, the way some of these things hi- you know, hang up in the grain on the cabinet door. That's interesting. The people are doing some unique stuff. There's, are you familiar with a, a product called Decton from Cosentino? Oh, yeah. So that is the man-made aggregate stone. We used a lot of it throughout the district building. And it can be, of course, what, like as thin as two millimeters? They're talking quite a bit about using that to reface and 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 and, and resurface. Have you done anything with, with that or have you looked at it? We've done some R&D of some cabinet fronts with materials like that. Okay. Um, I've actually toured that factory. In Spain? In Spain, yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you meet Eduardo? I did. I've met Eduardo a few times, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And is it as awesome? Just by way of background, folks, this company is this, this the coolest company. It's it's out of Spain. It's one of these old world companies. They own the mine. They own the town and village by the space. And then you go there and they just take fabulous guys. I haven't gone yet, but this is what I've been told. That's cool. Really? They'll take you out to a re- – there's a restaurant they took us to right on the sea – Mm-hmm. Just outside the town, really? they actually. When we were there, they had um, one that looked like denim. You're kidding? Yeah, they had a slab there that looked like denim. It was probably the coolest thing I've seen in a countertop material. I have not seen anything like that, and I've been. I've spoken to them a few times. It must not be. Are they not? I, I don't know if I don't know if it was an R and D thing or what. Interesting. It was cool. Better. It made me uh, think of those. There were Levi Jeep Wranglers and Levi AMC Gremlins back in the 70s. Yes, I actually remember. I don't remember, remember, but I remember seeing those. Right. Oh, my God. The Gremlin. I can't believe you referenced the Gremlin <laughs> on, the, on the show. Congratulations. Do you guys do a lot uh, with cabinet with countertops uh, specifically, or do you generally handle just the cabinet section? And We are just the cabinets, yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, yeah, because the uh, the Decton product is again, it, it's really awesome. It's this man-made aggregate stone that they create without using any fillers or adhesives, so you can use it outside. So, for example, we used it in uh, in our outside con- outdoor conference room uh, because, unlike Silestone or Cambria or something like that, it won't expand or or contract. Right, I'm a fan. Um, and you've re- you've allayed my concerns about the white oak with some of that. Right. There are ways to make it look uh, a little bit more current than your 1970s golden oak. Much appreciated. I'm slightly traumatized by that from a design perspective. Um, what about COVID? How has COVID affected your, your industry? 
Um, I mean, there's the obvious supply chain issues and things. Um, there are some major hardware companies that stopped uh, selling through distributorships in the U.S. and only sold have only been selling to their direct their large direct accounts. Okay. Thankfully, we are one of those large direct accounts, so that um, didn't affect us like it did some of the smaller uh, manufacturers. Um, you know, there definitely were things that had to happen out in the factory as far as distancing and um, and, and other guidelines mm-hmm. that slowed us down a little bit. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I think would be um, our clientele is generally a higher end client, and they generally have a a travel budget every year that they're not using. And uh, during these times, they couldn't use it and probably had to spend it for mm-hmm. tax reasons. And they're stuck at home looking at things that could be improved. So mm. let's spend it on the cabinetry. So our orders have only Increased. been going gangbusters. Good for you. This COVID thing is amazing. I don't think any of us really anticipated the upside of what this whole disruption in our supply chains and the way we're spending money and how that was going to trickle down. I mean, again, people are spending lots of money on on furniture and, and furnishings. And um, what's nice is you're seeing the average price of, of furniture, of course, go up as people have a little more to spend and are taking it a little more seriously. What about the sustainability factor from Plato? Uh, well, obviously, um, as a local company, you know, first and foremost, for people in the Twin Cities, uh, buying something from a company that's within an hour from you is uh, definitely going to uh, – you know, be easier on the environment. Um, and and we have a lot of uh, materials that we've been doing lately uh, that are easier on the environment. We get a lot of requests for formaldehyde-free, mm-hmm. uh, non-off-gassing, et cetera. So, and boy, doesn't that make sense? I mean, you think about the, the foolishness of using formaldehyde in your cabinets. I mean, this is where your food goes. This is going to inundate and infuse everything. Right. Yeah. So that's that's nice. What about hardware? Um, do you guys partner with anyone in particular on the hardware handle side or how do you handle that? On the handles? No, but we're seeing a lot of people go towards handle free cabinets, especially, um, talking about frameless and more contemporary, uh, which is our fastest growing, uh, segment. So channels to open cabinets, motorized, you know, Mm -hmm. cabinets that you can bump the drawer and it opens, um, even upper cabinets where you just touch them and they lift up. Uh, that's been pretty fun to work with. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's nice to add some. I mean, one of the things I was going to ask about was, you know, so you do a lot of R&D. I mean, you have an architecture degree, correct? I have a background in architecture, You have a background in architecture. And you are, because you've been in the industry for, no offense, I think roughly ever. Mm, Pretty much. Late 20th century. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, you you are involved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I did know what an AMC Gremlin was. That's a good point, my friend. I've exposed nothing that you haven't exposed <laughs> on your own. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to ask you about that? Oh, R and D. Yes. So, R and D within your industry. I mean, what exactly does that mean? How do you approach that? Well, a lot of it is is getting requests from people to meet very specific and unique needs. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's uh, for whatever reason. Recently, we've had a lot of requests from people in wheelchairs um, who want to be able to fully use their kitchen. So that causes us to really dive into how do we make a kitchen and how do we make cabinets easier for people to access and use. Mm-hmm. Um, but R&D is also, you know, uh, what are we seeing in the trade shows, uh, whether it's the Euro Kachina kitchen in Milan 
or if it's KBiz here in the U.S., you know, the major trade shows, because you'll get ideas there and you'll see what's happening, or High Point even, mm-hmm. because furniture, you know, frequently, they're, on, they're ahead of us mm-hmm. on, um, on what you can do with a drawer or a door. Well, the life cycle is a bit faster in the furniture business than I, right. I think it would be in yours. So that makes a huge amount of sense. All right. We should take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the American Society of Interior Designers and the new era that is upon us. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. We enjoy having you here. you guys have noticed or not but we've gone with an irish theme in our music this uh this evening that was uh phil is it linet or linot mcintyre you don't know do you no i have no idea <laughs> I, I i might be too young <laughs> you, are, you are too young i think you passed away in the uh 1970s overall, but... uh that's maybe 20 years before my time. Yeah, you know, God, keep it up, man. I'll send you to the corner. <laughs> 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 that was owed to a black man. If you guys don't know this, check him out on Spotify. Again, Phil Lynott, L-Y-N-O-T-T. Really talented Irish blues artist. Hmm. Worth listening to. Once again, educational. This is Gregory Rich chattering away happily, and I'm speaking with Roger Zierman from Plato Woodwork. Oh, this has been a good co- We've covered a lot of ground, Roger. AMC Gremlins. <laughs> Everything from AMC Gremlins to underpants gnomes. That True. really does cover the gamut. All right, before I forget, since I always like to lead on this one, Plato Cabinets, how do people learn more about you? Where can they uh, get in touch with you? Well, we are online, obviously, at www.platowoodwork.com. And it's P-L-A-T-O, correct? Yes, yes. It is not the um, putty that you played with as a child. <laughs> I was thinking more the philosopher, but – or actually, was he – yeah, he's a T as well. You're yep, right. spelled the same as him. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. There it is. So you can check you guys out on uh, online, and, uh, of course, you're available at a number of retailers throughout the United States. Right. And there's a dealer locator on our website. That's fabulous. All right, I should also have a give a chance for a for a plug to our expert coctologist. It's it's a little known fact, but McIntyre's actual job is not purely coctology. You are the owner of Nordy Photography, are you not? I am. And Nordy Photography does. We are a real estate photography provider um, for Minnesota, and as of the. Uh, the 1st of April, we will be also be in Colorado. Congratulations. So we hired a, t- a great team there. So, All right. Outstanding. Exciting things are happening. So, And you're doing still shots. You're doing photo shots. We, Videos, uh, drones, virtual staging, everything in between. Completely. And we should probably mention you are having an event, uh, hosting an event at the District Edina building, correct? We are. On March 30th. Um, 
we are hosting a headshot event, so which is going to be styled by. <laughs> we may want to refine the description of that particular event. So you're go on. <laughs> if you uh, need an updated um, professional portrait photo, stop mm-hmm. by the district on March 30th. Our team will be there. Um, the background scenery is going to be styled by habitation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be absolutely beautiful and not a plain white background. So, yeah. no, uh, so stop by, get a photo, meet our team, see the district, and uh, enjoy a tasty beverage. Always. Absolutely always. And by the way, I, I've been told that I, I need to make this formal offer on the air, ladies and gentlemen. If, if as a listener, you do decide you'd like to swing by and uh, visit uh, Habitation at the District of Dinah, feel free to ask for me. And if you're a listener, I will be happy to do a shot with you. There's the offer. All right. So again, March 30th, come in for a complimentary headshot done by Nordy Photography. And uh, that runs from when to when? From 2 to around 4 p.m. Okay. You know, we'll see how the, how the beverages go. It might, yeah. it, might, it might continue on a little bit later. They're going to get highly artistic <laughs> and at an angle as you're... <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be group photos. It'll just be everybody piled onto a couch. Um, it'll, get, it'll get very interesting, I'm sure. Yeah, it should be a fun event. And you guys can check that out at the district. Uh, I'm sorry, thedistrictedina.com under our events calendar. And uh, you can also find a lot of other, other information in there. Okay, Roger, let's talk about ASIT <laughs> if we can. When does your age begin? When do you uh, become president? Uh, well, I'm currently the president-elect, which is, is kind of like vice president, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is nice. It's a two-year commitment, and, and the nice thing about it is the first year kind of learning what I'm going to have to do mm-hmm. as president, uh, which will begin in October. Okay, so right around the corner, really. It'll be right. here before you know it. All right. And 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 within the ASID, and you've been an, an, an active part of the organization, obviously, for quite some time, as, as have I. And uh, what's your vision? What do you see f- for the organization? Well, I think one of the things that I'd like to do is tied into uh, somewhat to my role as a, as a territory rep. Um, I've been seeing and been aware of a lot of talent in the design community in areas that I don't think ASID is currently serving, um, you know, whether it's northern Minnesota or Sioux Falls or Fargo, mm-hmm. um, ASID seems currently to be primarily a Twin Cities-based mm-hmm. organization. Um, so I would like to reach out and, uh, and and pull in some some of the other talent that we know is out there that we currently aren't serving. It's a great idea. It's true. I mean, ASID brings a lot of value to uh, to designers in terms of you know connections and and development of skills. I mean, what role do you see the organization playing in designers' lives? Well, we definitely. I mean, there's first of all, there's just the camaraderie, mm-hmm. which especially these days after we've been separated from each other for so long, um, that is crucial for us to get back together and and be able to share our stories of what we do for a living and swap, um, you know, some of its war stories. Uh, but also there's the education component. You know, ASID does continuing education credits. Um, we provide research. Um, National ASID has a team that uh, um, that does research on various trends and um, things that would be valuable to designers. Um, 
anyway, I think I think there's a lot of value uh, to students uh, to come in and be able to meet potential future employers and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It, it's a great organization from both uh, an enrichment and a networking perspective, right. and I think that's its its primary role. Um, what about <laughs> if I may ask? So ASID's concept of design impacts lives, and you've touched on this quite a bit with your cabinetry work, but how do you interpret that? Well, design impacts lives is really something that started with uh, officially with ASI doing the ASID doing their uh, national headquarters in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And when Perkins and Will um, redesigned that for them, they decided to use it as a research uh, generator. Um, so they designed it with certain ideas of how the facility would affect the users down the road, uh, both in health, ergonomics, well-being. Um, but also productivity um, for the organization. And they did it in ways that they could measure over time. Mm -hmm. And so Design Impacts Lives as a program is really um, meant um, as a way that designers can approach a project and then be able to measure down the road how that project has benefited the user's lives over time. Mm. That's, That's a brilliant perspective. And we talk about overtime too, and you've touched on this a little bit, but the concept of aging in place is mm-hmm. something that we've talked about quite a bit and, and kept coming to mind when we were in the previous segment talking about mobile, you know, mo- mobile cabinetry and things right. like that. I mean, is, is, is there a focus at Plato on things like that? Or can you think of aspects that are beneficial from that concept? So at Plato, we definitely um, are driven by what inquiries we get, we get from our um, our dealers mm-hmm. and from their customers, um, and we we have absolutely recently seen a, a high uptick in requests for features and benefits that make a kitchen um, usable for people who have um, perhaps less mobility um, or accessibility mm-hmm. uh, than other people and. It may not be planning for right now, but it may be planning for the future mm-hmm. as they age and they are aware, you know, that certain things may uh, may become necessary. And as you grow more and more aware of that, you become more valuable in helping people understand what they need and what would be useful to them. Because right. as I have said so very many times, experience gives you the ability to predict the future. And most people don't have experience in these aspects, whereas you do. All right. Fantastic. Well, there it is, my friends. We have drunk our way through yet another episode. On behalf of Habitation Furnishing and Design, the District of Dinah, and Roger Zierman from Plato Woodwork, I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And I'm going to finish with one of my own quotes. Are you ready? Life is the big stuff. Living is in the details. Take care, everyone. Sunny, I'm in love with lips of honey. Will you see the way she walks? Hey, brother, pour the wine. <laughs>